0: Bahujone on all Hail one day, on Bahujone on all Hail one day, Bahujone on on the Bahujone on all Haina, Hail
1: Hello, everybody out in Radio Land, and this is Robert Idis, and I am here uh today. Uh, on WART 95.5 on your FM dial. I'm here with Mary Morgan Squire, and welcome.
2: Thank you. Nice to be here.
1: And so um, we're at the caboose on Main Street, and we just got a intro on why it's the way it is. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're going to move on today uh, to talk about a very interesting subject, Appalachian Tea Ceremony, and uh, Mary Morgane has been uh, involved with this for quite a while, and we were going to uh, get into this slowly. We have a whole hour to work on, 56 minutes, actually, and... um, We'll uh, start off by asking, um, uh, what brought you to the Asheville area?
2: Hmm. Um, I I don't have a direct answer to that, I guess. The long-winded answer is the only one I have, and it won't be too long-winded, but I grew up in South Carolina, and um, we had some family that had a home in the mountains near here, And we would come periodically, and I fell in love with these mountains immediately. It was like they just got inside my blood and bones and called me, uh, just called me to them. So when I grew up, um, I fantasized about living here. I went out west for a while, but when I came back to the east coast, I was drawn to the Asheville area, um, especially Madison County and Marshall back in the 90s. Um, and have been here pretty much ever since.
1: Great. Um, And you are a plant lover. How did that happen? How did you get involved with herbs?
2: Um, I also don't really know a for sure answer to that either. Um, There wasn't one moment where I thought, oh, I'm going to follow this path. But I know that my childhood of growing up in a very rural place where we had a lot of nature to frolic around in, ponds and streams and trees and um, big areas where I could just explore uh, got me interested in the natural world, so to speak. And as I went to um, college, I knew I wanted to go deeper with that. So I started to uh, explore more gardening, organic gardening. I, I created a major at Fairhaven College, the the um, branch of Western Washington University where I went, that was a, a self-disciplinary major, interdisciplinary, and it was sustainable living, creative expression, and journalism so that I could explore the things that I was really interested in at the time, which was basically learning how to live self-sufficiently and write about it and share about it Um, and as I started to do that I kept coming into contact with people who would talk about plants you know and it's hard to be self-sufficient if you don't have a garden or you don't know how to make your own medicine Um, and so that I think that was probably my biggest entry into it Um, and from there I went on to having different teachers that were significant in my life.
1: Um, And we'll get to that down the line. Um, So when did you learn about this Appalachian Tea Ceremony?
2: Let's see. A couple years ago, a really dear friend of mine and mentor, Jessie Wilder, um, she was the founder of the Blue Ridge Naturalist Program. She... um, we, we go to this annual gathering. Robert comes sometimes, too, and it's, it's in near Boone. And we're encouraged to, to bring something and share. And so Jesse had this idea of, let's, Morgane, you want to do an Appalachian tea ceremony? And we can just make a ceremonial um, exploration of the herbs and infuse them and see what happens. And I said, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So we did. We didn't really know what we were doing, and it's evolved from there.
1: Okay. And uh, so the purpose of this tea ceremony is for people to taste the teas and understand something about them uh, each time. Is that the ba- main purpose?
2: That is, a, that is a purpose of it. I wouldn't say it's the main purpose Um because there's, it's multi-purpose, <laughs> stacking functions. Um, I'd say that the, the biggest thing is to bring people together to slow down and be with the plants in a more quiet and internal way so that you can feel the plants inside of you, but also being still with one another and seeing what bubbles up inside of you and the different plants will bring out different feelings thoughts um, memories sensations so yeah going deeper with the plants is is definitely a big part of that
1: and uh, the items at your tea ceremony what would they be
2: when you say items do you mean like uh, what plants or like how well
1: how do you brew the tea for each cup or you know uh and is is that um you know do you use things other than the tea uh-huh uh, sweeteners or uh, okay milk or something like that
2: I, so i I brew the tea beforehand um I know in traditional Chinese and Japanese tea ceremonies you'll steep the tea right there in in the circle with the folks but I let these um, herbs steep a little longer and and straining them is a kind of a process so I brew the tea an hour before the ceremony begins and I put them in carafes. and um, I make two teas so there'll be two different carafes, and I'll have mugs that people can choose from I gather flowers that are, um, th- that are whatever's in bloom. And if it's the winter, it's going to be different, obviously. Um, and we sit on the floor unless that's uncomfortable. There's chairs options. So I don't bring sweeteners and creamers. I want you to be able to really taste the plants yourself. And feel it on your tongue is it bitter is it sweet is it sour is it do you like it do you not like it if you don't like it why you know all those things that oftentimes when we're just having our morning coffee or our black tea you know we just stick that sweetener and milk in there because it's comforting and tasty but that's not as much what this is about sometimes the teas aren't going to taste absolutely delicious but sometimes they do and it's different for for different people um, and I'll make a little altar in the center of some different items, depending on what the mood is or the season. And there's pillows and blankets, things like that.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, so when uh, the people come, they, the tea is already brewed.
2: It is. Yeah, yeah, it's been brewed. So that's
1: an interesting aspect of this
2: yes it's it's more of a time factor with it um and uh uh, what would be the word like an operational factor it's kind of hard to do the whole setup and carry it out you know sometimes i have uh it's a almost a quarter mile that i'm walking to set up the tea ceremony on the land so it's a little bit of a process to do that
1: Uh uh-huh um how do you figure which teas to highlight? Which are the two?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. That that um well the tea ceremony I'm offering it every 2 weeks throughout the year. So um in January the tea that I highlight will be very different than the one in June. So I just I'm always walking the land, looking looking around, listening paying attention, dreaming, seeing what plants are saying, hey, this is, my, this is my time, this is my prime, share me, share me. It's almost like they're waving their hand and, and ask to be the ones to come to the ceremony for that time. And so it just depends on where they are in their growth and how shining and full they are and what part of the plant that I am wanting to use. Um, so... Yeah, it's just a real a feeling into it and a listening to the plants themselves, I feel. I, I, I think that, that they, they tell me who's going to be, be there. <laughs>
1: okay, so this uh, goes back to something we've mentioned on the show before, uh, a, uh, a book that uh, describes uh, plants being able to communicate with humans and uh that that's a uh area that some of us have better instincts than others, uh, mm-hmm. but it is an area that one can teach oneself how to uh communicate with plants. Uh, the secret life of plants indicated that was a study. Basically, the Navy uh, wanted to see if they could grow food in uh, a submarine, real tight spaces. So they were, in that study, uh, it got to the place that they understood that the plants were understanding them. Mm -hmm. Now, that that was the start of... uh, more of a scientific explanation of how that communication transpires in the book uh the secret life of plants there um basically uh the plants don't move and then the humans don't move uh they're both concentrating on each other and so that um could be a little bit different uh, if you're walking, and then uh, feel a vibration, and then turn towards a plant and see if that's the one that you're going to harvest for the tea ceremony. Or
2: um, it's more in a, a dreamlike state. Either I, I will e- either dream the plant will come to me in my dream, or I'll just be doing something during the day and uh, the plant. I see the plant in my my mind and it just it's its almost like a phone call from a friend or something um, so that's some how it the- happens mostly more than <clears throat> and, and it comes from the, those walks that I've had but it's, it's more just the walking isn't with the intention of what plants use it's more just being around them and then later I get the call from the plant itself.
1: Okay so are we getting some plants making multiple calls?
2: Um, You know, some have, and I tell them no. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't do repeats so much at this juncture just because there are so many plants that we have in Appalachia to explore that, I mean, just hundreds and hundreds. And if you're doing a tea ceremony two weeks a year, you got about twenty-four ceremonies. That's twenty-four plants. Well, you know, they don't get double in one year. So I have to wait a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're um, here today with uh, Mary Morgan Squire on Plants and Their Friends, talking about uh, the Appalachian Tea Ceremony, how it started, and how we, uh, we could participate. So it's on Thursdays at 4 o'clock, and you would go to Herb Mountain Farm... Dot org?
2: Dot com.
1: Dot com to look at the schedule. And then you need to arrive at least by quarter to four.
2: Yeah, if you've never been there before, you know, get there just a little early to orient yourself. Um, emailing info at dot com before the day of is pretty helpful or essential because I don't always check the... On the computer the day of the ter- ceremony And I like to have The right amount of mugs out And the, make it the right amount of tea For who's going to show up And then give directions Because depending on the weather Or what the feeling is Or what the gardens are doing it, it's, it's in a different location And so I would give you Directions to where it is So if you've never been there It might take a little bit to orient yourself And I love starting at four um, promptly because that's just traditional tea time, um, English. In English, yes. And I, I've spent some time in Europe, and I just really loved that in England and the UK that tea time. It just some, and, and my heritage is uh, from from that area. Um, so something inside of me, I think, uh, really likes the proper starting right at 4 p.m. It's nice to do that. Um, And because it's a ceremony, it's not so great if you show up late because you're going to miss the the parts that are essential to the ceremony. So, yeah, arriving a little early is is appreciated, but not too early because then I'm setting it up and I can't focus.
1: (laughs) So so this is not um, come, take a, a, a sip of tea for 20 minutes and leave, though. Uh, this is an hour and a half.
2: Well, it, it I'd say it averages an hour. If if we have a lot of folks, it can go to an hour and a half. It has gone to two hours before, but that was a very rare occasion. Um, so give yourself about an hour, hour and a half at the most. Yeah.
1: Because uh, that's important to plan that into your day, yeah. how, how much time this would take. And the whole hour and a half is pretty much... Part of the ceremony,
2: right? Yeah, um, like I said, it, it it depends on how many people come. If there's just a smaller amount, it's it's less time because each person participates in the tea ceremony to the extent that they feel comfortable and want to. So if you have a larger group, it's going to take a little more time to serve the tea and share and these things. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to to start it together and to close the ceremony together. That's that's a that's a part of a ceremony you know ceremonies aren't drop-ins where you just come and go they're um ritualized and you have certain things that you're doing and from a to z it's it's a experience to contain within itself to be a part of the whole time
1: yes and uh usually when circles are formed you don't want them broken until it ends uh so that everybody uh Go through the whole thing with the same energy. Uh, That um, that's important uh, to uh, uh, pick a a time uh, that uh, the people could possibly get there. It'd be an early day for some, uh, but it would uh, allow people to end the day that day uh, in a more learning, meditative kind of experience, it would seem. Yeah,
2: I realize it's not the most convenient time for American lifestyle, um, but I went around and around about not having it at tea time and doing it more um, 5.30 or 6. But then I am a a mother and a wife and a homemaker, and um, there's dinner time to be thought of, and I thought of people traveling who would... They wouldn't have time to get home and make their food and then eat. they'd be be hungry and the tea ceremony is not food. Um, and then in the earlier part of the day, it just didn't seem like the one. So I really struggle with that time frame for a while, but I just picked it and I've stuck with it, and I think that if there was a will, there's a way, even if you just come come once, can make it work.
1: Okay. That uh, is uh, important because everybody needs to have uh, uh, an understanding of how their week goes and how we can plan ahead to put the, uh, the tea ceremony into their week. Uh, uh, let's uh, also indicate uh, the cost of this. Is there a, a cost to it, a donation? To the phone?
2: It's a a donations, um, donations only. Give what you can, receive what you need. Um, It's something that really feeds my soul to offer. I'm really thankful that I have the privilege to offer this every other Thursday. And um, showing up and contributing something to bring reciprocity to the circle is wonderful. Even... If you don't have much money, that's not something that should keep you from coming. Um, reciprocity can be given in a lot of different ways.
1: Okay. Uh, and just on the outside there, it, it's not like a potluck tea ceremony. They, so all they, they have to do is bring themselves and a little donation and,
2: and exactly be it. Nothing else. Just show up and leave your dog at home.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that's important uh, that uh the event needs to not have any pets
2: and and also it what one of the questions that has come up for from folks is is it child friendly and if you if you have a a little one who's not walking, then that's fine, but I've found that if I try to do it with with children that aren't quite old enough to sit in ceremony and really focus on that hour that it becomes distracting and I can't hold the space the way that I am trying to, which makes it where I can't serve the group in the way that my intention is. So I ask that, um, children who are, who are not wanting to or yet able to really sit in a ceremonial type space for an hour that, that they, um, don't come as well.
1: So, uh, This has uh, the element of uh, a transition of the week that needs to uh, start off with a uh, learning about some herbs that one would easily be able to make into tea. And do you go through the harvesting? as well as the medicinal benefits
2: yeah usually um depending on what people want to know i mean i share i share a lot about the plant i offer two teas at every ceremony one is the a, a single herb um, and then the other is a blend that has that herb in it with some other plants that make a synergy with that that herb um and so those, depending on what the plant is, it will elicit stories, processes, um, ways that it's made, all of these things. And then I open the space up for if other people have things that they want to share or questions. Um, there's the, these windows for that too. Um, so if you haven't made herbal tea very much, and that's new to you then it's a place to really awaken that relationship with the plant through an infusion through a tea if you've been making herbal infusions for years and it's very familiar to you then this is a time to just get either re-inspired rekindle that connection or go deeper with the plants or share with others what you already have experienced so it's across the the It goes all across the board for who this tea ceremony would serve. Don't think you need to be new to tea to come. Um, Anybody is welcome, whether you've never drank a a glass of herbal tea in your whole life or whether you do it every day.
1: Okay. So we are coming uh, close to the halfway mark. Already uh, (laughs) did that, so we'll announce that. This is uh, Robert Itis with Plants and Their Friends on WART 95.5 on your FM dial. Uh, And we are taping from the caboose in downtown Marshall. It's a little bit rainy today, but we all know the plants love it. (laughs) Uh, So uh, get uh, ready to... uh, um figure out how uh you're going to come in and out of this rain with with your gardening uh, I know one thing right now that's happening is the berries uh red raspberries are out blueberries the early ones are happening, and the wineberries are just about ready with the blackberries. Trailing the uh, the pack, um, and the so,
2: strawberries almost gone.
1: Oh, the strawberries! That's one thing I don't do. Um, I just never was really lucky with strawberries.
2: Hmm. Need lots of sun, lots of airflow. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's probably hard it. in the mountains yeah. in a little cove where yeah.
2: golden seal and ginseng really thrive.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 strawberries are a tough one. Um uh, but the other berries are real easy and um uh, we uh love to have uh, uh things of that nature right now to point at and say hey you know this is a good time to go berry picking. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am wondering which are your teas you're going to previously highlighted. It's uh, I won't put you on the spot on what you're gonna have the next time. But the last time which teas did you have?
2: Um let's see. Last tea ceremony the plant that I highlighted was dun dun genostema. Oh, yeah. Um we, we have a patch that's just so happy and overly abundant that is growing, 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 growing. So I brought that that tea into the ceremony. And for some reason, maybe it's just because of its association with ginseng. It's been called southern ginseng, poor man's ginseng, um, something, some other things, too. Uh, it feels like a very male, a male herb to me, um, which was interesting because I had um, more men at the last tea ceremony and generally there's more women that show up at the tea ceremonies um, so that was nice to be able to serve the jigulan to men because I think it's such an important tonic for, for men and women But
1: um, Yes uh, this is a, a, a very uh, interesting plant coming out of South China uh, it is very vigorous. Uh, I like to uh, grow it up, trellis, and uh, we have already done one harvest, and we're ready for our second harvest this year. Uh, that's how prolific it is. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to three and four before the end of the year, the way it's been growing now. Uh the nice thing is it's perennial and its leaves are what we use, not its root. So with ginseng, we use the root. Here we use the leaves and they have basically the same ingredients of ginsenoside. The jayugalon will be... Less potent, which is um, one of the things that follows the rule that the tops uh, of the plant usually are less potent than the root of that same plant. And so uh, in South China, they used to uh, take it in the morning before work and then immediately afterwards uh, when they came back from work And if they were in a place where ginseng was available, the root, then you'd usually just take it in the morning and not take it twice during the day. Uh, These are tonics, so this substance, ginsenicide, helps more parts of our body, both male and female, uh, obviously, the ginseng from Asia, more male, and the ginseng from America, more female, yin and yang. Uh, then uh, you, uh, you have a, a little bit of a difference, which the Jayugulan does not. It's just straight. Uh, there is a difference uh, between one that is supposedly a little sweeter and one which is not. Uh, they both supposedly have the same medicinal qualities, and I would think that some good local honey would take care of uh, both of them. Actually, <laughs> uh, so uh, this is a, a plant that can be grown inside, can be grown outside, uh, and a one. Wonder- and here's the other part of it that we're just learning from some of the other plants, um, is that when you take the leaf of this plant and just eat it, you're not only getting those benefits, but you're getting another part of the plant that is not processed and uh, comes into the body and is very, very beneficial to the body. Uh, so eating uh, our plants and wild weeds are just something we need to move into uh, in a much bigger way. Instead of just once a year, let's try it once a week. And then if eat the, something
2: wild every day. If those people
1: <laughs> can get past the every week then the ideal is exactly what Mary Morgaine said, which was to eat something wild every single day. And it's very possible. It's not something that's unattainable. Especially out here in Madison County, you have all kinds of wonderful weeds to deal with in your garden. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to switch gears slightly and talk about some places. So um, Ken Krause and Cindy Krause? Cindy no? Fowler. Fowler, um, along with their partners. I remember Henry, I can't remember the other lady. You did. They have a wonderful place. It's between Boone and the lower area down there on 421. But you come off of the mountain and you come down the escarpment. They have a wonderful place. And we, they have a, a situation now, I think it's the 10th year, ninth year? 10th. 10th year that uh, they're going to have this green scene. Festival, uh, you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Um, well, How'd you
1: first get?
2: I don't. I know that the green scene. I. I. It's a. It's at Ken and Cindy's place. It's not like an open to the public event. Just because it's a small, small venue there, um, so I'm not sure what to say. But I mean, it's it's a gathering of of folks that come together who are Uh, plant geeks mushroom nerds (laughs) in the most loving respectful way a lot of my mentors are there and about what 50 to 70 people or so come together and camp and um, spend the weekend just creating a little classes walks stations um, creations that revolve around the natural world honoring and loving and learning from the natural world um i my partner who passed away 10 years ago frank cook he and ken krauss visioned this gathering together and um it's been held at peaceful valley where ken and cindy live and henry and udit for this will be the 10th year um just a beautiful place definitely a peaceful valley ken is um, green wizard man of the plants who who knows how to to get the landscape to have something in beautiful color 12 months of the year all all along his home in the pond um, and so so yeah an assortment of people come and robert comes and shares and different folks come and and i learn so much every time i'm there and am in the presence of Old friends, meet some new friends, just a a really special place.
1: Yes, and um, uh, we want to also mention Ken and Cindy come down to Hot Springs in Madison County at Elma. Uh, Hall's Place, Sunny Bank Inn, uh, usually in August.
2: I it's going to be this year, like August, I think, 23rd, 24th, 25th, or that weekend closest yeah. to that. It's usually, you know, late August. They'll do a mushroom retreat weekend at, at Elmer's.
1: And if you're in Madison County, you got day rates. You don't have to stay to, at Elmer's. Uh, but people come from all over, and uh, you get... The benefit of Elmer's cooking, uh, vegetarian uh, food that's uh, just excellent. Uh, He's been doing it for so many years. Uh, And we would encourage you, if you're in Madison, to check uh, Ken and Cindy out when they come to Hot Springs this summer. Uh, The foray on mushrooms will amaze you. And uh, you'll learn a a whole lot. So just uh, understand that uh, this is, although we're talking about it as more of a private situation with permaculture people, there are opportunities to feel some of the same energy here in Madison County. Okay. So that is first uh, Peaceful Valley, which is a wonderful example of uh, of how to live sustainably. And Elma hauls uh, Sunnybank Inn, a vegetarian bre- bread and breakfast that is outstanding here in Madison County. So let's talk now a little bit about uh, Herb Mountain Farm, uh, how... Uh, it got going and when did you uh get involved with this place
2: um i i just have to say that elmer married me me and Hart, Hart and i me and Hart. <laughs> uh so he, he's a really dear spe- special person in our life so herb mountain farm is uh, a piece of land that has been in my husband's family since About 1970, I think maybe 1968 or so, um, his family had other properties in the area and moved on to this one in Weaverville, um, which is a a little about 30 minutes from here in Marshall. Um, He grew organic vegetables, herbs, and flowers since then, since 1970. He was the first organic farm in Buncombe county and very much of a laughing stock from a lot of the peers around him and he went through a lot of trouble trying to be taken seriously but stuck with it and now we know that uh organic farms in Buncombe, madison county is there there's many 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 it's this w- one wonderful change that has happened in our society over the past several decades but um Hart squire my husband and i decided about 6 years ago that we wanted to transition from the the place being a farm and growing food for market and restaurants and things like that um, to be an educational center so there are a lot of buildings that are on the land that were already built for various reasons hearts child children his family parents siblings um thing there's just been many many buildings built over the years including a huge warehouse where he had a distribution company that started out with distributing the vegetables for western north carolina um the organic vegetables Um, so we thought let's turn one or some of these into like a a lodge like setting where people could come and stay overnight and then we'll have a sort of like a teaching studio area and then we'll have these this grant these grounds that people can walk and see medicinal gardens edible gardens native gardens ornamental gardens and get inspired eat from the lands Um, We spent a lot of blood, sweat, and tears making a mile-long nature trail that wraps around the lower part of our property. So that's a very exciting and fun thing to do if you come. You get to go through field and forest, orchard, cross some streams, um, gardens, and see a wide array of many species of plants. Um, let's see.
1: Well, I- let's see about, um, uh, uh, turning some people on to this facility for, uh, their, uh, meetings. Uh, for instance, if, if, uh, a group wanted to have, uh, officers or the, or the board come out and, uh and be in this kind of a setting, do their business, but also have the ability to uh not support corporate, not support uh bad food, not support uh uh the traffic in the cities and all of the the things that um, we're trying to avoid um and uh, uh use this facility for their uh their meetings it, uh, if I remember right, there's potential of 11 people to stay.
2: So this, the um, Veritas Lodge is our our one venue. The rest of the buildings right now are all long-term residential places. Um, so it it has one private room and two dorm-style rooms that have bunk beds, but not your typical style of what you think of if you think of bunk beds. It's a very... European fund flair and there's an open space studio that you can um, fit up to 30 folks in and a, a dining hall that we can serve up to 30 folks we we are a vegetarian venue and we can make you farm to table meals or you can rent the lodge yourself and have the meals made in-house um, as long as they're vegetarian meat I mean Eggs and butter and dairy is all fine., um, ooh, I'm just stumped for a minute. I'm such a terrible salesperson, well, well, but <laughs> Well we I, have
1: I, I, it, it's a, a really nice facility uh, uh, to uh, uh, be in a peaceful setting so that people can concentrate on themselves and then, uh, for their R and R, be able to walk the trails and be able to uh, see the plants that uh, are on this property. If I remember right, uh, Mark Williams indicated six or 800 plants that he has identified that are on your property. Do you remember the number?
2: Um, Well, I think that we have... uh, I have it written down my numbers. It's its hundreds of species. The plant, you mean species, not just plants. Because yeah. there's thousands upon thousands. R- right, tho- right. Yeah, of species. Right. Hun- and so hundreds. this
1: is an opportunity to uh, uh, get in one place a lot of plants that have been brought here so that you don't have uh, to take a, a full day hike to... Uh, see all of these plants that you could do it in an hour or so which uh, allows uh, uh, a very uh, unique setting for a company business an NGO business uh, that uh, needs a retreat space.
2: Yes. And that we have a a big lawn that is right outside the open space studio that you could do your thing outside should you choose. And then Uh, A little bit further from that is a really big fire circle. So at night, you could have fire chats. Um, It's just a gorgeous, peaceful place in nature that has an amazing kitchen, dining room, studio, and comfortable sleeping accommodations. um, Now, I'm
1: sure there's somebody out there who's been saying, please tell me where this is. So... (laughs) If you go down Reams Creek and you get to the end, you hook a left, go over the little bridge, and you start climbing the mountain, and it's off to the right.
2: Yes, but we ask that people don't drop in. Uh, Right. Just, just, um, yeah, it's at the end of Reams Creek Road. and um, Just for those
1: people who have to figure out how long... It'll take from their place to get right. to that area.
2: Right, it's twenty-five yeah. minutes from downtown Asheville. Um, easy, twenty-five minutes, just straight interstate and straight Reams Creek. Not really any curves or long steep hills to climb. Um, a straight shot from from Asheville. Yeah. So but uh, still, that- you feel really you you feel very far away, without having to to drive too far out in the boonies. Right. <laughs>
1: Um it it's uh, a beautiful, beautiful drive. And uh, once you get there, uh walking around the facilities is really spectacular. Um so we have um a couple of uh more minutes to go. Uh let's uh talk about what are your basic objectives and goals for the farm.
2: Uh-huh. Well, the mission of Herb Mountain Farm is to awaken, rekindle, and strengthen the relationship between plants and people and to foster respectful planetary stewardship. So just knowing the unstableness of our world today with climate extremes, political upheavals, Uh, Massive population Explosions So many factors are um, Unpredictable Uncertain what we're going to be Heading into in the next Ten years even Um, That our Our objective or goal Is to create a place In the world that is a sanctuary That models How to live In harmony with the land How to know the plants and the animals that are around you and the insects and to respect them and encourage diversity and life and bring beauty to your everyday. Um, This earth is so abundant and incredibly gracious and we can be heaven on earth if we would just respect the land and live in harmony with her, and that is definitely our, our what, we're, what we're aiming to, to do and share and um, promote. We've put 105 acres of the property in a conservation easement with the Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy so that it remains undeveloped. Um, and we ask that people who come to the property really see the the beings around them not just the plants but anything as an extension of themselves and to get to know what it is that is around you so that you can have a feeling of understanding about it and protect it um and live live in a way that is going to hopefully promote life on this planet for many many more generations hmm.
1: Wow. Okay. So we are getting really close to the end of the show. We have uh, a couple of more minutes. And um, I know that, uh, that Frank, uh, Frank Cook spent a lot of time in North Carolina and spent a lot of time in Madison County. Uh, and if there are some people... Um, who would like to get together with other people uh, who knew Frank and uh, reminisce a little bit, Uh, this might be an opportunity uh, for those people who are connected already to Frank to uh, reconnect uh, at a weekend. Is it this weekend that we're talking about?
2: No no no. It's, it's August uh, August. Right. Sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth,
1: nineteenth. Right, right, right. I I sorry about that. That's right. <laughs> August nineteenth. And um you know, I would uh I would uh send her an email, send Mary Morgan an email uh about uh coming and um I would hope that uh, a lot of uh, Frank's disciples and students uh would take this opportunity to not only reconnect with him but reconnect uh with a uh a place uh, and we can talk a little bit m- maybe about Mark Williams uh and how he's taken over some of the things that Frank has been doing uh including botany in a day
2: I I think it's called botany everyday now everyday okay yeah
1: and um, that, uh, that's an important thing that Frank uh, Cook started uh, and is being continued right now. Uh, all of those people who have uh, been part of that course, if they could um, uh, just take a, a moment out on uh, that time frame, if they're not able to come into North Carolina just to uh, take a little moment and um, remember our brother out there. Anything else you would like to say on that?
2: Uh, on the, the weekend in August? Um, I mean, it'll be 10 years that Frank has been gone from planet earth. And so we are just having a ga- an, a gathering over from Friday to Monday, you know, you don't have to be there the whole time It's just an open space For people who knew and loved Or were affected by Frank To just um, remember And also be re-inspired We're hoping that we'll we'll There'll be plant walks And some song circles And other um, Kind of Spontaneous classes Or sharings that happen um, And Reflections And just keeping the light of our brother alive and also remembering all the connections that we have one in, with one another and being in a beautiful place at our farm.
1: Yes, that seems like an ideal time uh, for everybody to gather. I have uh, gotten uh, out my Frank Cook book Oh. That I wanted to share with you, and maybe we could have it there at that time. Oh, thank you. Um, and um, out of it came uh, this little uh, gem that uh, hopefully you can uh, be inspired by. What is success? To laugh often and love much. To win the respect of intellectual people and the affection of children, to earn the uh, the honest critic's ability to endure the betrayal of a false friend, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to give oneself. To leave the world a little better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition. To have played and laughed with enthusiasm and sung with great exultation. To know that even one life has breathed easier because you have lived this is to have success. And with that, I would like to uh, thank uh, Mary Morgan Squire, for coming uh, on the program and talking about the Appalachian tea ceremony. Uh, there uh, is final words if you would like to express anything.
2: Well, thank you so much, Robert, for having me in the caboose on this beautiful, sunny, rainy day right before summer solstice. And I hope those of you out there who have listened that the Appalachian Tea Ceremony has piqued your interest enough to come. The one's happening tomorrow at 4 p.m. on um, June 20th. That is going to be a really fun summer solstice solstice one and the next one will be july 4th yes on independence day interdependence day we'll be having one so thank you
1: well that will be the one that most people will be able to come to because although we're taping it on wednesday it doesn't get show- played till saturday all right so okay. people tomorrow won't, won't be able to come okay so this is robert itis with plants and their friends Wishing you a great day from the caboose at WART 95.5 on your FM dial. Have a great day.
0: Ba'ujo nehe nehe yo yo Ba'ujo nehe o